Let me tell you about our speaker today. Jody Jennings uh, is at North Greenville University working there as the Vice President of Campus Ministries and Student Engagement. I'm not sure exactly what all of that means, but I do know this, that man is loved and respected on the campus of North Greenville University. Uh, Jody is, just has such a heart for the students of that, of that area. And he's not a stranger to us. He's been here before. He's preached here before, spoken with our Disciple Now students as well. Uh, just a great man of God. I really love and respect him greatly, though we don't get to see each other very often. Uh, he's one of the first people I contacted. When, when I started thinking about who are the people that I, I want to bring those four speakers during the month of uh, Marvelous March, and I, I contacted him and said, Jody, I need somebody cool to come on the program. And so let me introduce to you, make him welcome, Jody Jennings. Oh, what a delight it is to be with you and to be with your pastor. 125 years as a church. Pastor Keith's only been here 117, so we're <laughs> thankful for him. <laughs> but it, it is uh, for sure, uh, Pastor Keith, your faithfulness. I was telling him earlier today, his faithfulness in this place uh, ministers to me, encourages me. Um, your faithfulness as a church to continue to move and to say, God, what do you want for us? Uh, from a distance all the way in the booming metropolis of Tigerville, South Carolina. Um, it's, it's a delight for us to hear what God's doing in this place and to see how God's working here. Um, I do bring you greetings from the university, our president, Dr. Fant, and the administration there. And we would say all God's people who are called according to his purpose and love him will send their students there. And um, <laughs> your grandchildren... Your children, your children's children's children will just continue to keep the legacy going. We, we do uh, count it a privilege to be uh, a South Carolina Baptist Convention school affiliated with the, with the um, convention. And you all, as a part of that, we are um, connected to you. So appreciate your partnership in that. Um, I, I want to take just a few moments this morning and uh, I feel a little more loose because we're not as under as much of a time constraint in this service. Uh, don't get nervous. I won't preach too long. Um, but but I, I want to take just a few moments and look in the book of Philippians chapter 1. If you have your Bibles there, uh, Philippians chapter 1. And as I'm thinking about uh, 125 years you know, this marvelous march idea that you guys are walking through. I thought about it. Um, I realized that a lot has changed in 125 years. A lot has changed since the time that this church began. Uh, there's a whole lot more people here gathered together than there were then, I'm sure, although I wasn't there at that time. You know, churches usually begin with a handful of people committed to the gospel. And by the way, churches are sustained and continue by a group of people committed to the gospel. So a lot has changed, right? There was a, a smaller group back then. A lot's changed in our culture. Uh, some of you can remember um, not too long ago where you got in your car and you this case-looking thing in a, I think it was like a, it's an eight-track that you would just put in, 
There's not many eight tracks remaining. Some of you then can think about, I was telling Pastor Keith earlier, my children have never um, used a tape player. I can talk about cassette tapes, and they're like, Dad, what, is that, that, is that, that those ribbon things? Those, that we Because we just take the things out and we throw them around. You know, now it's like, so, we, so they don't even, under, a lot's changed, right? A lot, historic, I mean, you think about the changes that we've seen, and how about this? A lot's changed in our own lives. A lot's changed over the course of the last few years. But, but I want to give you a little bit of hope this morning and a little bit of confidence to face your day-to-day and the coming days that regardless of what's taking place, regardless of the changes regardless of anything in your own personal life or anything in the culture, regardless of the way things line up, that you would have a confidence that you could face it. And in Philippians chapter 1, Paul is writing to the church gathered there. It's, it's, not, a, um, it's not a large group. It's not a, a church that has a lot of buildings that are multiple services. It's just a, a group of believers gathered together uh, most commentators, as you read through, uh, Paul helped begin the church. He's now writing from prison back to these people. And that's why in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, he would say, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He's thinking back to the time where he helped begin the church, launch the church. And now a period of time, perhaps uh, most commentators would agree, it's been about 10 years or so that Paul was there. And so now he's writing back to these people because what's happened in the time that it started, the church that was birthed there, from the time that it started, talk about birthing churches and church plants, right? From the time that it started until now, there's some stuff that has happened. There's some things that have occurred in their lives that, that has caused them to maybe lose a little bit of confidence, that's caused them to begin to wonder or doubt or become discouraged even. And maybe you can identify in your life this morning, maybe you oftentimes have had that sense where things started in one place and things began to seem one way, but over a course of some time, you have things that happen and you begin to ask God, are, are you really with me? God, Maybe, maybe it's just the death of a loved one. Maybe it's the loss of a relationship. Maybe it's a job that you do not have or a job that is not going the way that you thought it would. Maybe it's your parenting and wondering, God, is this even making sense to my children at all? But it, Life has a way of doing that, right? has a way of causing us to lose a little bit of confidence. And maybe it's even today as we look at where the church has been and where it's heading, maybe it's we need some confidence to face the future of where God is taking us. So Paul writes in the beginning of Philippians chapter 1, and he begins to talk to the church about this confidence. Because a loss of confidence leads to a life of defeat. But a restored confidence allows us to step into the victory that God has already won for us. And so Paul writes 
this little confidence booster for the people. In verse number one, he says, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseer and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, let me stop for a moment. Great. Think about that phrase, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. And by the way, as we read this text, we know it was written for a particular audience in Philippi, but can I say to you that it absolutely is applicable to Mount Airy Baptist Church today. Grace to you and peace. Need a little bit of grace? Do you need a little bit of peace today? From our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Continues on, I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day, from the first day, 125 years ago as a church, from the first day, from the beginning of this place, from the beginning of this assembly of people, from the beginning until, Paul would say, until now. Until now. When you walked in the doors today, you walked in to a legacy of sorts that people who have gone before us have built and established and from the beginning until now. I want to give you a little bit of confidence today. I want to help you as we leave. I want to encourage you. I want to help you see some inspiration from God today to be inspired to live your life regardless of what you see around you, regardless of the circumstances of your life, a confidence booster because, skip down to verse number six or continue to verse number six, for I am confident, Paul would say, for I am confident of this very thing. He's not confident of what's happening in the culture. He's certainly not confident about the coronavirus. Can I get an amen? He's not confident about even if we can Make it right in our current culture. But he's confident of this very thing that, here it is, he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. He who began it will be faithful to complete it. Now, the word confident means to be fully persuaded and completely convinced. Confident. Fully persuaded. Not partially, but fully. Completely convinced. Not not somewhat or have your mind a little bit over here. No, completely convinced. He's confident of this very thing. That he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. The message paraphrase says it like this. Maybe this will resonate with you like it did me. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep it, keep at it, and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. Confidence booster. That this, I mean, when I... When I read that text, when I think about what Paul, Paul, by the way, who's sitting in prison, as I stated earlier, writing this out, in a place where it makes no sense to have confidence, in a place where it makes no sense to to be believing that God is with 
you in a place where it doesn't seem plausible to have confidence. Paul's writing to these people. Think about the weight of those words. That God started it and he will be faithful to complete it. I want you to get just two basic phrases this morning. If you're taking notes, you can write down this first one. Number one, he started it. And it starts right there, as I've stated earlier, and continue to say again and again, you'll hear me say it, he started it. And and I emphasize that point. I ask you to write it down and I'll put it on the screen for you because I I, want to call your attention to it and make sure that you understand it, that it's God who started this thing. It's God who started this church. Now, people were connected to it. They were part of his story. But, but Mount Airy Baptist Church is not the result of men or women who gathered together and said, this is a good idea. No, the church was founded at the very beginning by God for God's glory. So it's he who started it. This church today was begun and started because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross for us. He started it around my house. Um, my wife and I have five children, and around my, I'll, I'll pause. My wife and I have five children. Around my house, we have um, oftentimes occurrences, disruptions in rooms scattered throughout our house. And I'll pause and I'll listen for what's taking place, and I'll Do I need to go and intervene or do I just allow them? Do I put my AirPods in and try to drown it out and let my wife go deal with it or do I need to? But one day around the house, I heard some noise, heard some yelling taking place and I paused and waited and then I determined that it would be best if I stepped in that direction and peeked into the situation that was occurring. And when I arrived in my son's room, I noticed that on one side of the room, my oldest son was standing there with a bat in his hand, and my younger son was there cowering in fear. And, and I, I stopped, and I, I had visions that my child as an 11-year-old would go to prison for murdering his son, or, or I, li- I would be the one who's because I'm unfit to be a, a, a parent, you know, I'm thinking. But I rushed in and I said, son, what are you doing? What, what, what is happening? And he uttered the words that I had said before, and maybe you have also. He uttered the words. He started it. He, 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 he started it. And what had occurred is because there was a launching point or a beginning point of the frustration, he now took action into what he deemed to be best. I'm not telling any of you this morning to walk around with a baseball bat or carry it along with you, any form of blunt object to hit people with. What I am saying to you is that God started something in your life and it allows you, when you see that he started it, this confidence to say that now I will do something about it. I will, as as a recipient of something that's begun, As someone who has been moved upon, I will now with great enthusiasm and with great confidence step into what God has for me. 
What about for you today? What is it that as you think about the work that God started, that you can say, man, how do I courageously and with confidence move forward in what he's called me to? It's a confidence booster to know that he's the one who started it. By the way, it is good to know that it wasn't you who started it in your life. It is good to know that it's not you who is the one who's determining your future and the steps that you would take, but rather it's God himself who started it. He's the one who has orchestrated. He's the one who's caused it. He's the one who began it. God loved us before we ever existed. Did you know today that God prepared a Savior for us before the world was ever formed? He's the one who started it. Do you know that God loved you before you even recognized or understood that you needed the love of a Savior? Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He started it. Hey, maybe you're here today and you need God to start the work in your life. You've never trusted Jesus Christ to save you for your sins. Whether you're a member of long-standing or you're a guest in here today, maybe today is the day that you need Jesus Christ to save you. You need to start your journey with God. He started it. The, the, the righteous for the unrighteous, the just for the unjust, the sinless for the sinner, the perfect for the imperfect, the creator for the created, He started it. Hey, listen, I know we're a little... Um, we can be a little sophisticated in church. We can be a little bit, but, but I can't help but get a little bit excited this morning. And I know you got a little, uh, one less hour of sleep, but that's enough something that causes confidence in us to say, I know that I'm tired. I know that I'll get a little nap later on today, but I got a little bit of confidence. It shifts my perspective when I see that God is the one who started in my life. God's the one who did the work. He's the one who saved me. He's the one who called me. He's the one who's working through my life. I got a little bit of confidence this morning that allows me to rise up and causes something within me. He began a a good work in me. He began a good work in this church. He's the one who started it. He, 125 years, five of which you've been in partnership with church plants in Cleveland, Boston, and other parts around the world, and you've gone all around the world. He started it. He st- Man, what a confidence booster that can be for us. But don't miss the next part. He started it, but point number two, he will finish it. He will finish it. You know, there's a day coming. Man, I'm going to try to get through this. There's a day coming when God will complete his work in us. What a day that will be. The earlier service, we sang that old hymn. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When we look upon his face, the one who saved us by his grace, and he takes us by the hand and leads us through the promised land, what a day, glorious day, glorious day, glorious day that will be. He will finish his work. For some of you, It seems that heaven is near. 
you track your life and you can see the history and you're in the second half or even the fourth quarter of your life and you begin to start seeing the reality that eternity is close. And I give you a little bit of confidence today that he will finish the work in your life. But you know, it's not just people who are in the fourth quarter of their life that need to hear that. It's every one of us from youngest to old. Because that allows us Listen and watch this. That allows us that when we're in the middle of our lives and we're in the middle of a circumstance that we just can't seem to make sense of, it allows us to have a confidence that moves forward in our life. When I am at the end of myself wondering, God, will I survive my five children? When I am there, it's helpful to know that he will finish it. When I'm going through the difficulty of life that, God, I don't understand this situation. God, I don't, I don't, I don't know why this illness is part of my family now. God, I don't know why this direction has, and things have shifted in my life and what I thought it would be, what I thought you were beginning back here is not what my current reality is. God, what? But the confidence comes knowing that he not only started it, but he will finish it. He will finish it. What, what, a, what a joy to know that one day we will exchange the temporal for the eternal when we draw our final breath on earth and take our first step into forever, the theological word for that is glorification, to, to receive the glory or to be in the presence of the glory of God forever. That we will see him. There was a book out and then a movie, Heaven is for Real, a number of years ago. Well, I don't know if they got it right. I don't know if that was a fluke or a fake. I don't know if it was made up or pretend, but whether they got it right or not or whether it was pretend, I can tell you that heaven is for real. And I'm as sure today as I stand here breathing the breath that I breathe that heaven is for real as this earth is right now. Man, what confidence comes up in my life. What, what determination resonates in my heart the confidence that comes forward. Because listen, confidence is the combination of experience and expectation. Confidence is the combination of experience and expectation. Now, now let me break that down a little bit further and help you see. To, to get the experience, you've got to look back. To get the experience component of this Confidence, you've got to look back on your life. Can, can you pause for just a moment and look back on God's faithfulness? You know, sometimes we're in the middle of our lives. We're in the middle of what's happening. We're in the middle of day-to-day -day grind. Uh, my daughter has a softball, her first softball game tomorrow. Uh, we've got school coming up. Students at North Greenville are coming back to campus off of spring break tomorrow, in the middle of my life and the day-to-day -day activities, so often I 
focus so much on those that I never stop and look back. Would you just pause for a moment? Just pause. It, it's 11.50 at Mount Airy Baptist Church. What else are you going to do? Just pause for a moment and look back on your life. Can you stop and trace the faithfulness of God, the finger of God in different scenarios and situations that you faced? That you didn't know it and you certainly would not have planned it in your life. But he's been faithful. And now you're on the other side of the experience. And you look back and you go, God, I don't know how you did it. But you got me through it. And I wouldn't have picked going through it. But I know the reality is that I am who I am today because I went through it. Would you just look back on your life? That's the experience part. But would you not just look back, would you also look ahead? That's the expectation. Would you look ahead and see that God is not finished with you? Would you, Mount Airy Baptist Church, would you look ahead to the great things that God has planned for this church? Jason and his family stepping in for the first day of ministry in this place? Would you look ahead and see that God's not done? Would you look ahead and see that the life of this church will even live beyond you, that it will continue on? Because the kingdom of God is not just contained by our lifespan, but would you invest, would you continue to see that the best days are ahead, not behind, that we will move forward and we will see the kingdom of God advance in this area, Powdersville, Easley area, the kingdom of God advance. Would you look ahead and have some confident expectation of what God will do through you. See, this is not just a, um, a matter of confidence for a short period of time. This is not a short-lived confidence. I used to be confident in my physical condition and my abilities to... I know it's hard for you guys to imagine how athletic I am, um, but I used to be confident that I could play this sport, or I used to be confident that I could compete at this particular level, but as life went on, and I reached my 40s, some of you are like, man, you're such a baby. I'm telling you right now, I feel so stinking old. It's unbelievable. But as I, some of that confidence began to, to wane, and so now I need a confidence builder. Hey, I, I need something. Hey, sometimes in life, we begin to think that our best is, but there's some confidence coming ahead that we would be able to look forward to. It's the expectation. Would you resist the urge or the temptation to walk into this sanctuary, to walk around this campus, pick up your... Worship God bulletin, flip it open, word of worship, read it, put it. If you're like me, man, your Bible's full of these things. <laughs> you can look back and see who preached when for the last decade. But sometimes in doing that, we can 
we cannot expect God to do much and confine him to just, this is what we do on Sunday. Would you resist the temptation and would you look ahead to see that God has great things? Pastor Keith, can I say to you, would you look ahead at what God has for this church in these coming days? To see that He is moving and He is working and it's just a matter of the church getting in step and walking with Him. He will finish it. He started it, He will finish it. When I was a kid... Um, they taught us just a simple rule for crossing the street. They would say, stop, look, and listen before you cross the street. Use your eyes, use your ears, then use your feet. I, that's good advice. <laughs> I still practice that today. Can I make the connection that maybe that's where we land for this confidence that we would just stop. Would we just pause for just a moment again? That we would look back and look ahead. That we would allow the reality that stuff going on in our life and then that we would just stop and not get our eyes focused there. But that we would look Stop, look, look back, and look ahead. Look back, and look ahead. Look back. Some of you have been saved now, a follower of Jesus Christ for 50, 60 years. Can you look back right now and remember when Christ saved you? We would look back, but we would look ahead what God wants to do. That the gospel still works. That Jesus Christ still desires to seek and to save that which was lost. And we would look back, we would look ahead, and then we would step into what He has for us next. Dear friends, would you get a confidence booster this morning? Would you let the confidence that God has for you, that he started it and he will finish it, would you get the confidence booster today? Be inspired to say, God, I, I believe with all that I am that you're not done. Because I can see it in the past and I expect it in the future. It's a confidence booster. Lord Jesus, Thank you for our time together. Thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. Lord, I ask, even today, at this time, in this moment, that if there's someone here who is discouraged, someone here who has lost confidence, that, Lord, you would allow them to get a little bit of boost today. Lord, that you would allow them to, to see your faithfulness in the past and 
the expectation of what you will do in the future. Lord, for marriages across this room today, Lord, that you would let them get their confidence that you're working in for parents today, that you would raise up a little bit of confidence in their life for senior adults in here today, that you would allow them to get a little confidence in their life for every person under the sound of my voice, God, would you, Holy Spirit, push confidence in their life that you who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room today who is not yet a follower of Christ, has never trusted you to save them for their sins, Lord, would you help them to see that they can have no confidence apart from you? That life is meaningless and without purpose, without you. And Lord, I confidently declare today that if they will confess you as Lord and Savior, they can be saved because that's what your word says. Lord, thank you for the privilege of being part of what you're doing in this church, what you have done and what you will do. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.